Hello, I'm Ben Shaw, and you're listening to Out the Gate, the podcast about sailing and adventure on and around San Francisco Bay. A little over a year ago, in episode 72 of the podcast, I spoke with Brady Trotman and Alex Blue of SV Delos fame. Today, they're running a Tahoe-based sailing school called Cruisers Academy. And when we spoke, they mentioned that something big was about to happen. Well, it's happened, and I'll tell you what it was in just a moment. But first, you want to get out on the water for some coastal sailing this summer aboard a beautiful 53-foot far Why not head offshore with Shearwater Sailing, a sponsor of the show? Shearwater is a sailboat charter business run out of Monterey Bay by Kevin Wasbauer. Kevin's a friend of mine and was on the show a few episodes back. Shearwater Sailing's flagship vessel is a fully equipped FAR 53, as I mentioned, named Atalanta. A few months ago, I joined Kevin for a sail on Monterey Bay and can tell you she's a fun, fast, beautiful, safe, and very, very comfortable boat. So a few trips that Kevin has coming up. On July 30th and 31st, Atalanta will be sailing from Monterey to San Francisco and back. If you're interested in a great coastal sailing experience, I encourage you to get in touch with Kevin. Join him for one or both legs of this 15 to 20 hour jaunt. If you can't make it then, in August, Kevin's planning on heading south to Santa Barbara. You could join there for the two-day trip down, the trip back, or the whole five-day adventure, which runs from August 13th to 17th and includes a lay day to explore the lovely beach town of Santa Barbara. In addition to these special trips, you can always book private sailing charters for a couple hours or the full day to go wildlife viewing, whale watching on Monterey Bay, take a sunset cruise, or you could contact Kevin to book your own multi-day adventure. Don't miss this opportunity. Reach out to Kevin directly at info at shearwatersailing.net and discuss the possibility of sailing aboard Atalanta. Okay, back to this week's show in which I'm catching up with Brady and Blue, and they have a lot of news to share because since we last talked, they've expanded their sail training fleet by buying a 42-foot passport named Lintica. They bought her right here in Sausalito, and how they bought her with Bitcoin is a story all into itself. Not too long ago, I joined Brady, Blue, and their wonderful dog Sharky aboard Lintica, And in the salon, we shared some whiskey, some great stories, and a fun conversation all about the Academy, their plans for Lintica, surviving the recent tsunami warning here in San Francisco, and nearly striking it rich on whale poop. That should be enough of an enticement to keep you listening to the end. So here we go. We are on uh, Lintica, the Passport 42. Uh, we are at anchor, and we are in uh, Richardson's Bay, which is in Sausalito, California, in the bay. And, nice. And my name is Brady. <laughs> Brady, Hi, Brady. And bl- Brady and Blue on a Passport 42. Oh, oh nice. Just came up with that. Wow. 
<laughs> wow, this is going great so far. <laughs> this is your new tagline there. I love it because when we last talked to you guys, when I last talked to the two of you, you alluded to the fact that you might have some big news coming just around the corner. So tell us the story. How did you end up with this beautiful boat that we're sitting in the salon of right now? Yeah, last time we chatted, we were talking about some news on the future. A lot of people thought it was going to be a pregnancy or a wedding, which people love to tell us that. You gotta get married. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Mud. Thanks for telling me what to do. Now um, I know what not to tell you during the interview. <laughs> oh, it's fine. You can say whatever you want. <laughs> um, well, the whole full crazy story is on YouTube. Uh, Cruisers Academy on YouTube. All right. You to watch that. Cruisersacademy.com. Uh, go to Cruisers Academy on YouTube. On YouTube, uh, okay. Yep. And then we do have a website too, but you can pause the podcast and come back and then hear it again. <laughs> uh, but basically, yeah, we were um, we were in Tahoe and we kind of had our, our horizon set on finding a blue water boat to transfer Cruisers Academy from teaching um, introduction to sailing on the lake to our passion of teaching offshore sailing. And I'm always, like, every night, like, anybody, I'm looking at boats constantly, right? We're always looking yeah. at boats and, and just no matter what. My wife's always giving me shit for, yeah. uh, for scrolling through boats online. Yeah. yeah. So we weren't really, we didn't have our eyes set on anything specifically, but we got a, um, a Facebook message one day from a fan that had watched us on YouTube on Delos cruising around. And he basically said, I have this boat in Sausalito. I've poured my heart and soul into it. And I've just ordered a new 50-foot ML from the factory, and it's going to be here in a year or something. And he he put so much love into the, the Passport 42 that he wanted it to go to people who were going to use it. And specifically, he really thought of us because um, he loved the teaching aspect of it. Mm -hmm. So the, the idea that his boat that he put so much love into could actually be used to teach people about sailing and teach people how to live on a boat. Now, Blue, had this been in the back of your minds, oh, we'd love to get a bigger boat and on Tahoe where you're doing sailing instruction too. You've got some, you've got a number of boats, but they're a little smaller. Yep. Uh, well, initially when we were still living on Dulles and uh, kind of dreaming up Cruisers Academy, we thought that we would get a blue water boat straight off the bat. Like our plan was not to move to Tahoe and start sort of a chapter up there with a bunch of Catalinas. Yeah. But we were hanging out in Tahoe snowboarding for the season, and then the pandemic hit. So we got, air quotes, stuck. Which, let's be real, Tahoe's not a horrible place to be stuck. So we just... At least when there's snow. Yeah. yeah. Or But then summer rolled around, and all of a sudden we're like, ooh, sailing's super fun up here. Yeah. Um, so it happened in a very different order than we anticipated. But right. had that not have happened, I don't think... If we had got the blue water boat first, I don't think we would have backpedaled and gone to Tahoe and got a fleet and started like an intro to sailing class we would have just gone straight into teaching cruising and I'm really glad that it worked out the way that it did because sailing on Tahoe is so much fun and it was just a great foundation to the school and obviously we're teaching people to sail too and when you write basically a curriculum for sailing you can teach it a hundred times better because you have the vocabulary you've really put it in your own words so I'm glad the way things worked out. And have you had people who have come sailing with you on Tahoe and then jumped with you to Lentiga? Yeah, actually, we've had several. We call them the Cruisers Academy alumni. Nice. Um, and this weekend, actually, we have another course. And uh, 
it's an our international couple. There's a, a young Mexican couple that came and took the class with us in Tahoe, and now they're coming back this weekend again from Durango, Mexico. Um, oh, cool. Yeah, it's really cool. And people fly in from all over the U.S., and we've probably had five or six of our uh, intro to sailing alumni out on the boat and it's so nice because you can talk to them and you know that they learned sailing the way that you want to communicate it with them so it's just awesome and they have the vocab and you kind of know them and then you get to have them out on the boat for the weekend and get to know them on a whole nother level so it's been really cool nice yeah it's funny to see them kind of go from the Catalina 22s of learning on a tiller and then all of a sudden having a big helm and like you know, 40 feet of boat in front of them versus this little 22 foot with a tiller. And that foundation is so good though, because the small boats are so reactive, right? So you learn really fast and then you get on a boat like this and they're like looking for wind lines and then a gust hits and the, and Lantica's, you know, 20 tons, just like barely heels over. And they're like, Oh my God, so stable. (laughs) You're like, yeah, it's very different than, you know, 22 foot boats on the lake. So tell us a little bit about Lantica. What attracted you to her when when the previous owner reached out and said, hmm, you guys might be interested? Well, the whole thing was about a year in the making before we like officially took over Lentica. We met Justin um, for the first time, maybe a little bit after he sent that Facebook message. We were like, let's go down to the bay and just say, see what's up. Like, Blue's from Petaluma, so we decided to come down and have a look at the boat and we instantly like loved the boat right away, and I didn't realize how much of a cult following passports have. And I went just started doing research and following the forums and looking looking up what kind of boat they were and how they were built and just their seaworthiness and, yeah. and livability. And who's the designer and, of the boat? This one's Stan Huntingford, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this is Stan Huntingford design. It's built in uh, Taiwan in 1980. Um, and anybody who knows passports, they're all they all have different layouts. So. Ours is hole number four. Mm-hmm. Cornel, yep. See, Blue knows more about the boat than well, I do. She remembers <laughs> the numbers for you. Yeah. Uh, it's hole number, <laughs> hole number four. It's not hole number one, and it's right. not like hole 40. So I like to be lower in there because <laughs> they've kind of got things figured out and the mold's figured out, but they haven't started mass production, which Passport actually never did with this style of boat. The previous owner, you'll see on the, on the YouTube video, the, the amount of work he did to this boat is unbelievable it just financially doesn't make sense <laughs> for anybody but it didn't well, cut, you know boats was, don't yeah, yeah. <laughs> very good point yeah they never do yeah all of the stuff that that he's done to the boat we fell in love with um the i've never ever thought about owning a more classic shaped boat with like a canoe stern uh, with like an aft cockpit like that and i didn't really know what to expect and i had my doubts about it but after sailing her for for this time on the bay and big winds and stuff like she's so good sails really good the performance like some days we can point in like the low 30s wow. for, for apparent wind nice. and you're doing like seven knots and your your apparent wind angles like in the low 30s and you're like is it are this instruments correct because <laughs> it just doesn't seem right but and i'm sure when you take her out out the gate and she you're hitting those swells uh-huh. she's not pounding no because i mean for you know, for 42 feet being 20 tons, that's the weight of a 50-foot boat. Yeah. 52-foot boat, 53-foot yeah. boat. So she's really heavy. The fiberglass is super thick, really strong. Um, so she kind of plows through waves. Yeah. Talk about the adjustment for you guys sailing this boat. I mean, you both sailed a lot on um, Delos mm-hmm. and Amel. Mm-hmm. 
and then the Catalinas, which obviously are a lot smaller and lighter. <laughs> was there an adjustment? Yeah, I think, well, we kind of laugh about it now because moving, you know, when when Brady moved on to Delos, he was, what, 19 or 20? Oh, I was like 22. Okay, sorry, 22. Easy. <laughs> 22, 23. Maybe. Okay, 22, 23. Um, but, you know, yeah, super young in his 20s. When I moved on, same thing. I was a backpacker, moved on board, and so it was like, you just you own we had like two pairs of shirts and like a swimsuit and that was fine that's that's all you needed you know and then for us now we've been living actually in a, in a house in Tahoe um for a year and a half or however long it was and so we've gotten a little spoiled like have a lot of space and everything like that and you know accumulated a dog along the way I was gonna say there's another <laughs> and a another horse <laughs> and a horse and a horse the horse is not on the boat as far as I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> still, still working on that one. Okay. Um, so yeah, that, that the head is actually the the shower and the head might be big enough to be a stable. That would be great. Have you heard the Lyle Lovett song "Pony on a yes, Boat"? Yes, I love that. That song makes no sense, and it's my theme song. And if I had a boat, I'd go out on the ocean. And if I had a pony, I'd ride him on my boat, and we could all together. Go out on the ocean Send me up on my pony on my boat I have to say, I was just um, working on painting my boat, which, for those of you in the know, involves a lot of sanding. And so it was in the shed, and I was kind of at my wit's end and sanding the same stripe for the third time. <laughs> and that song came on, and it totally lifted my spirits. Yeah. It was just kind of a turning point. I was like, all right, I can do this. <laughs> no, oh, I love that. It's a funny song. You're like, this doesn't make any sense, but I wish that it I wish that it could. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it was a little bit of an adjustment to move back to boat life in that way. Right. Um, but it's been really fun, and the bay just has a lot to offer, and uh, it seems like a lot of people go back to the the dock at the end of the day in the bay so like we're it feels like we're the only people that anchor out in the bay area um you know at angel island or anything like maybe once or twice there's been another boat there i mean it's the weekend i don't know i don't know where it is amazing isn't it yeah these these marinas are full and the anchorages are empty it's crazy to me i i i'm it's I'm still trying to figure well, it out. I love well, I so because my boat is um, in Horseshoe Cove, and I love coming down to work on the boat and seeing you guys anchored out there. There you are for the weekend, and you were actually there a couple weeks ago when uh, the tsunami. <laughs> Tell yeah. this story. It was my birthday, <laughs> and um, we actually had a pretty chill <laughs> evening the night of leading up to my birthday, and we we had a course that day. So the way yeah. the courses work is, we have uh, people join us on a Friday at like. You know, in the afternoon sometime, 1 p.m., 2 p.m., and then they stay on board with us for, for two nights at anchor, and then we drop them back off on Sunday. So they nice. get a full liveaboard experience. That's great. How and many people usually have aboard? Uh, between three and four. Okay. Yep, plus plus Blue and I, and sometimes Sharky. Sometimes Sharky goes with an uncle somewhere. She has yeah. a lot of people who are, like, fighting over her Some to watch her. her. I can see that. She's a lovable <laughs> dog. Is she awake right now? Nope, she's snoozing. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's Snuggling it. with her little stuffed shark. Yeah. <laughs> So it's 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 yeah between three and four people, um, which I thought when we when we started the course I was like it's gonna be tight and that's you know we'll deal with it but it's been really nice like for a forty two foot boat there's plenty of room for six of us to be living on the boat for two nights 
Um, where do you usually go? What's your route? It depends on the weather, and, okay. and that's kind of part of the course that we've created is is we we create the weekend together. Nice. So when people get on board on Friday, we do the introductions, and, and then we immediately look at a chart of the bay, and we look at weather and tides. And we, like, you know, over a couple hours, we make a decision of what our plans for the weekend should be. Yeah. Where should we anchor? Why should we anchor there? Um what the tides are going to be. Can we go out into the Pacific? Can we not? Should we go into the bridge? Should we not? So from a learning perspective, it's really cool because every single course is different depending on the conditions and the tide. And that gives people, the crew, real ownership over what you're doing too. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, and we, yeah. Made, we actually let them make the decision. And, and if it's completely wrong, we guide them in the other way and tell them why, right? Um, so did you tell them all the weekend uh, – that we're talking about that there was going to be a tsunami we did we said this weekend is my birthday and there's a tsunami at 7 (laughs) a.m no but i I, you were anchored in horseshoe cove and i i came down to check on my boat which is one of the most underrated anchorages in the bay don't tell people don't tell anyone yeah no it is a great little anchorage and you can get right out to the gonga bridge but so you guys had to do Hmm? At low tide, we touch bottom at low tide. Oh, you do? Yeah. Okay. And we're like six three, so. All right, I'm always in the slip there, so I don't know how deep it actually is there. Well, that that'll dissuade some people at least. Yeah. <laughs> we all we all woke woke up to this alert, uh, and the news locally here of this uh, tsunami possibly coming. So what did you guys do? Yeah, we woke up to getting some alerts on our phone, um, and, you know, I grew up in this area, and I've gotten those alerts before, and you're kind of like, all right, well, how seriously should we take this? And, you know, when you're in an anchorage and with a few feet of water under your keel, and you're, you know, right next to the outlet from the bay to the ocean, like, I think we should take this pretty seriously, you know, just in case. So I actually kind of crawled out of bed and everyone was still sleeping. It was like 7 a.m. And I never thought I'd have to do this, but I actually had to wake people up and say, "Um, excuse me, good morning. Uh, There may or may not be a tsunami headed our way. So (laughs) get up (laughs) and get on deck. (laughs) And we literally like got up on deck. Um, Well, I got out of of bed and like went, to use the head and I was peeing and I looked out the window and we're right next to if if people that know Horseshoe Cove there's a Coast Guard station there. Yeah. And I looked out the window and I saw, you know, 12 Coast Guard guys sprinting down the dock and then separating onto their two big Coast Guard boats and like throwing the lines and like Zooming out throttling there. out. And we're like, "Oh shit. That's okay. Well, if they're like rushing out, we're going to go like right now." So that's yeah, we got up, started the engine. The crew loved it. Yeah, that the, seeing them react in that way, it did make me feel like I was in like a disaster movie. Yeah. Uh, it just got really real in that moment. Like, oh my god, is t- today going to be the day that things get really wild? So yeah, pulled up anchor, headed out. They just headed straight out into deep water under the bridge. We went out there too, and we had um our our <laughs> our students on board were stoked. Like we had one guy that was just like, "I'm ready to die today. I'm re- I'm ready to die with you guys." Like ah, uh, I hope not. Yeah, hopefully not. But really appreciate your enthusiasm. That wouldn't be great for business. <laughs> yeah, <imagine>. exactly. <laughs> but it was fun. I mean, it was an experience. Yeah, you know. I have to say that I, I am second guessing my response, which was to minimize it at first, and I did go down to the marina. I wanted to be there on the boat, check the lines and everything. But 
my boat was in no shape to to take out of the slip. But um, I was like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's not going to be anything. But there was significant surge. Yeah, being there. I mean, the dock lines were creaking. Mm-hmm. Boats were lost in Ventura and. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Santa Cruz, I mean, once we started seeing, like, we went out, and we were out for at least an hour, and we were next to the Coast Guard boat. So, like, the strategy when a tsunami comes is you go to deep water, right? Right, right. Because anything in shallow water, um, it just it just grows exponentially, just like a wave breaking on a reef. Right. So, if you're in 300 feet of water, 400 feet of water, it, what they say is it just, even if it's a huge tsunami, it passes under you, and it doesn't even feel like anything. You won't even notice it. Right. So, we're out there next to the Coast Guard boats just, like, waiting for, like, this inch swell did you guys get it did you feel was there a moment when there was an all clear when you're like okay we're gonna turn around not really it was really strange like the coast guard kept getting on the radio and they were like there's reports of high waves um combined with high tide mariners beware like that was that was really all that was the other thing it was a super high tide it was a huge it was it was like full moon Yeah. yeah So it was hard to tell what was the tide and what was the surge and what was the tsunami and uh, yeah yeah but uh better to be out there for sure yeah no it was it was it was overall it was a um, good learning experience and in situations like that because the crew is here um and we were at anchor so the boat was ready to go i totally understand if your boat's taken apart and you're at the dock and you're not living on the boat it's like uh you know it's gonna be okay but we were in the position and had the opportunity just to be like let's turn this into a drill yeah. What happens if there's a tsunami coming? <laughs> like, like that's what the Cruise Academy is about. Like let's yeah, learn it, was, from it wasn't so much a drill; it was for real. And it, uh-huh. I think you did exactly the right thing. Um, and talking about crew, like <laughs> as we were talking before, the crew was always eager for like those memorable moments. They want the storm. They want the tsunami. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and it's not necessarily what the captain wants. But <laughs> I, I'm curious. No. Um, like what what kind of reaction are you guys getting uh from the crew aboard lentico when you take them out and you start showing them the, the bigger boat and mm. um are you is does it run the gamut like do, are, i guess my question really is um w- what are people looking for when they come sailing yeah I, c- I guess i can say that i've i've seen more people um cry than i thought i would Whoa. out of happiness okay yeah and not not the other way not out that, of like that's good right out of like um, uh, specifically wives and, and girlfriends that are like, yeah. I didn't know I would like this. Um, wow. And this has been so amazing, and this is this is eye-opening and, and those kind of things. That was That's always been that a huge... That must feel show. so good. It's great. No, it's really cool. Um, yeah, it's been actually more beginner sailors than we thought. Uh-huh. Uh, like okay. Definitely. Obviously, the intro to sailing in Tahoe, you you know you're going to get people to sign up for that that have literally never sailed before. Yeah. Um, and for this, we thought it would be, you know, it's intro to cruising, so trying to teach people what it's like to live on a boat and kind of get more into weather and more advanced stuff. Yeah. And it's actually, we've been teaching a lot of people to just sail um, as well. So that's been interesting. But uh, even though it's, you know, can be three or four different people from different groups, they always seem to wind up perfectly grouped together Hmm. just out of pure luck like we don't plan it and say like oh this is an advanced weekend this is a beginner's weekend or anything like that um but we have had i think only one or two out of all of our courses where people had their own boats or like were part of a yacht club somewhere in the city that had uh access to boats and wanted to really get into like deeper things um so with that crew we actually went up north to drake's bay nice anchored for the night so beautiful 
um, and it was just by just by chance. But between the two of us, we figure if there was kind of two different levels of people, we could sort of divide and conquer and teach different things. You know, one of us can teach the basics, points of sale, and then the yeah. other people can get into the deeper stuff. So, but I would say overall, it's people who are interested in this lifestyle and they just want to see what it feels like to sleep on a boat to be on a boat with five or six people to cook on a boat like they literally just want to know what it feels like yeah Um, i think that's like the main thread that we've seen through everyone and it's interesting we were talking before we started the interview and i think this is somewhat in the the pandemic people are quitting their jobs and moving and there's a lot more people buying rvs or but buying boats and just Mm -hmm. saying we're gonna do this we're gonna buy a boat and just Mm -hmm. go sailing and so you've gotten people you like mean, that? You the YouTube phenomenon? The YouTube? <laughs> have you heard of it? <laughs> yeah. There's yeah. The, there's a couple of really popular <laughs> YouTube <Great>. sailing channels. <laughs> no, it's really. I mean, it's cool because it's people can can um, really be inspired by what they watch on YouTube, and whether that's riding mi- mi- mountain bikes more, or going sailing, or hiking, or whatever it is. I think YouTube is a really cool place for people to kind of ignite passions that they never knew they had. Yeah, and yeah, we definitely see that with with our sailing school, with yeah. what's happened in Lake Tahoe. People that join us that um, have never stepped foot on a boat and and are already putting offers on like cruising boats, um, and then other people that are taking it a little bit slower and come and take our introduction to sailing class and then come out on on Lentica and do intro to cruising, and then they're like, maybe I'll get a trailer sailor first and like work our way up, which. That's what we advise. Don't go. Don't go big right don't away. Don't go whole hog. <laughs> yeah. Sell exactly. all your possessions and then. Yeah. How many? What? What percentage of people would you say ha- have followed you, uh, YouTube on Delos and then, uh, Cruisers Academy and find you that way? Um. Let's see. I don't know if you gave it a percentage. The vast majority. Yeah. 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 I mean, you know, we've had some people that have just found us on their own and. To be honest, they're super confused when they get on board because they're everyone's talking to us like we've met them before, and they're like, "How do you guys know each other and know everything about these two yeah, people?" Yeah, <laughs> like, well, if you're out of the internet, yeah. um, but we really haven't, you know, put any effort into like marketing that side of things. So hopefully, in the future, that side of it will grow too. But yeah, yeah, no, but it's great to have that base to start from. It is, yeah. I mean, I always say that sailing's a great filter for people just i don't know what it is i don't know if it's people are interested in nature or you know being self-reliant or hardworking or something like that but probably the truth of it is we're you know people know us from the internet so we're attracting a certain type of person that like they feel like they already know i us. think both of those are yeah. true yeah um but yeah that that's talk a little bit about that that the community you've already built has helped foster i mean it brought you this boat in a way yeah yeah it, it not only brought us the boat the other part of the story about kidding lentica is the ridiculous loan we got in bitcoin for it like you know whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> okay Excuse obviously me? i don't watch enough of your videos tell 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 us a little bit How about could this you not do your research before this interview <laughs> i like going in cold yeah, nice. i love it no <laughs> Uh, yeah, so that's what, I mean, the, the, the episode we're talking about takes place over the period of a year, and a lot of random, very random moving pieces came together. Um, and around the same time that we were looking at Lentica, figuring out how to finance her, which 
if anybody's bought an older boat, even if it's in great shape, you know that um, banks have a hard time with giving a loan out for boats over, what, 20 years, we found out. Anything over 20 years, they're like, no, we're not going to give you money for that boat. And you're like, yeah. well, but look at it, though. Look at the survey. Yeah, like, don't you know? <laughs> look, how, look how incredible this boat is. Um, so around that same time, we got another uh, another um, amazing person in the universe reached out to us and, and uh, was just, we kind of talked over the phone, told him our story, um, and he was an early Bitcoin adopter mm-hmm. and was like, basically, fuck borrowing money from the bank. Don't give them any more money and don't uh, pay interest. I will give you uh, a loan using Bitcoin. Nice. And an interest-free interest loan. Free loan. Yeah. That is nice. Yeah. That's a better <laughs> that's rate nice. that the banks It's That's what he said. <laughs> and I was like, interesting. And with interest rates going up and Bitcoin yeah. way going way down, yeah. it's nice to have <laughs> yeah, convert right? that Bitcoin into a boat. <laughs> so, um, and then we talked to, to Justin, who was the previous owner of this boat, and was like, uh, would you consider taking Bitcoin for the boat? And he was like, of course. 100% I'll take Bitcoin. I was planning on investing in it anyways. This just kind of takes out a middle step for me. So it all just kind of super randomly pieced together, and we ended up uh, paying for this boat with Bitcoin, literally. Nice. Um, and no, we don't owe uh, the person back in Bitcoin because a lot of people are concerned about that. Right. Because it changes a lot. We're like, no, the, yeah, yeah, the yeah. day the, the actual U.S. dollar uh, amount, it was locked in at the day that we did the transaction is what we owe Good. and what we're making payments on. <laughs> Yeah, so um, that's fascinating. It is. It's, oh man, it's I love crazy. all these pieces how they come together. Yeah. I mean, I've got a very, very, very minor experience with that. Like pe- podcast listeners who have have helped me with 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 problems when I've reached out and said, "Oh yeah, I can help." And the, it's just amazing to build that kind of community. And that's always existed. I feel like among sailors, but the internet has just kind of spurred that yeah i mean you guys must go places w- around the world sa- sailing or otherwise and just r- and run into delos fans yeah pretty randomly i think that it always happens when you're around other boats so like when you're yeah. around a marina it doesn't happen as much in tahoe if you're in the winter and you're always covered and then you come to <laughs> sausalito and you're like you know people say hi and recognize you <laughs> yeah my my favorite the best is when people recognize you not near the ocean because they're confused out of context (laughs) like here in Sausalito you know people kind of recognize a little bit but my favorite was we were up in Truckee I think it was when we first moved there and me and Brady were like in a thrift store I think we were super hungover just like (laughs) looking at thrift clothing and some older gentleman was like I feel like he like bumped into you and turned around he's like Brady (laughs) what the hell are you doing up here That's awesome. On some like yeah, some super tight like snow jacket that didn't fit me because I've gained some land weight, and I was trying to squeeze into it, and he was just like, "What the fuck is going on? Is that you?" And no, it, what, no, what's no, that experience no. like for you guys? Is are you like, wait, I don't know you, or is you no, just assume like? Not at all, man. I think I think a lot of people think that, especially when we when we meet them for the first time and they're like, I feel like I know you and you don't know who I am. And that's probably the most common thing we hear from people when they join us on trips is like, I feel like I know everything about you and you know nothing about me. And it's, I always say to them, like, well, half the battle's already done then. Like the fact that you know who we are and you're here, it's great. Like it's half of getting to know each other is already done. So now right. it's time for us to ask you questions. Yeah, I'll just listen. <laughs> yeah, now it's time to like hang out and, and yeah, exactly. <laughs> have you cool. tell us your stories. That's cool. And people um, must love to tell you their stories to share. Oh, 
great stories. stories. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, that's what's cool about spending, you know, two nights uh, at anchor living with people on the boat is, is you see them from the morning till, till night. And then, how know. do you guys do the cooking? Do the crew do it? Do you guys do it? How's that all work? We, uh, me and Brady kind of switch off. We each mm-hmm. have a few meals that we do and then we have people help. Okay. Um, we would love to just throw people in the galley, but, I'm sure you know as a boat owner that everything's in a specific – I mean, we, yeah. I would literally have to stand there and, like, guide them through. Like, oh, reach – slide that thing open and then reach around. Like, <laughs> hook your hook your hand in. And, How like, could you not know it's in the secret the compartment yeah. under all the exactly. plates? Like, even Shape opening the drawer, <laughs> you're like, come on, like, yeah, lift it up. Like, a little more, tweak it this way. So yeah. we do most of it, but um, we we make it – you know, it's not a charter. We make that very clear to people. They are going to participate, um, and everyone's really great about it. You know, yeah. so they they help chop and they help clean and they they definitely participate. Yeah. Yeah. That's I think cool. If it was if it was for longer than a weekend, we would definitely put people in the cooking rotation, yeah. and like do more in depth galley stuff and provisioning. But because it's it's literally two nights um, of of living on the boat, there's a lot more stuff we can focus on besides that. Yeah. about living on a boat and the experience of that. So, Which brings me to the next obvious question. Do you have any thoughts? You've got a boat that you could take offshore for much longer than two nights. Uh-huh. What is the um, Any plans there for doing longer passages with people? Definitely. What do you think, Lou? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there yeah. is. Uh, that's, of course, right when we got this, everyone's like, what are you leaving? <laughs> Where are you going? Um, and that will happen in the future. Um, but for now we're just going to enjoy the bay. Um, and then we're going to run the Tahoe chapter of the school again this summer. We've already put quite a bit of work into getting that going and we really enjoy it. Rough game plan is to hopefully sail this boat to Mexico next fall. Nice. Um, and definitely do kind of a, this fall, this fall. Oh gosh. It's 2022. Fall of 22. That's, that's sounds like it's so far in the future. 2022. But yeah, and then we'll we'll we don't know our exact plan as far as um, you know how many how often we're gonna take people on, but there definitely will be spots for people to um, hop on for legs of the trip. And um, we were actually just talking yesterday or today that it'd be cool to just have it be like our CA alumni, people yeah. that we've kind of already taught to sail and um, we've spent time with, and we know we really enjoy spending time with them. And um, so we'll see how it plays out, but we're definitely gonna bring people along. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be fun. It'll be yeah. fun to watch where you guys head. I love that you have both aspects of it, the, the Tahoe chapter and the, the Bay chapter. I mean, it's so... I mean, that's what like that's what we were both kind of shooting for when we left Delos was to have a bit of balance. Yeah. And it's we've been off for, what, it'll be t- over two years? Two years and... and two years, yeah. We just passed our two-year mark. Does it feel like... Like, does that no. seem like forever ago, or does it feel like you just No, left it Ellis? seems like yesterday, yeah. yeah. To me, at least, it seems like it, it was just yesterday. But when you think about all that we've done and the amount of hours and work we've put into to building the Cruisers Academy and, and our, our Tahoe chapter and the offshore chapter or the Bay chapter now, I think what we're always striving for is that balance of, like, time in the mountains and then time on the ocean. Yeah we're always working towards it and yeah. we're, we're two years in now and we've got, you know, our, our Tahoe chapter set up and we're stoked about this, this summer and teaching people on the lake. And then we've got Lentica now for part of our offshore chapter and ocean chapter. So 
Um, we don't know exactly the details of the rest of the year, how it's going to play out, but we know that they're both going to be running and, and moving That's along. Awesome. It's and such then, a beautiful balance. I'm smiling because my wife and I are, she's a mountain girl and I'm the ocean guy. And so we're always talking about that balance too. Like yeah. finding time, doing both. Mm-hmm. It's hard. Cause then, I mean, at the same time, it's, it sounds like the dream from the outside, just like in a YouTube video, but then you're living in two places at once yeah. too. And you're yeah. like, then you're Shuttling moving stuff a bag. Back yeah, and then you're like moving a bag back and forth. I mean, maybe after a couple of years you get it figured out, but right now it's it's quite challenging to yeah. to be back and forth and and to be moving bags back and forth. And um, in no way is it is it bad or or am I complaining? It's just no. It's it is it is challenging it's a to new make reality. that work. Yeah, yeah. I want to circle back because I want to know more about the horse. Oh, so you oh, let me let me pass the mic to Blue. <laughs> <laughs> She is you the expert in that area. Huh? Did you grow up riding when you in Petaluma? I did. I did grow up riding in Petaluma. Yeah. yeah, I started riding when I was like eight, and then I rode consistently for till I was like eighteen. And nice. yeah, and so being back on land has given you opportunity to to do that again. It has, like Brady said, just finding that balance. You know, um, cruising and living on a boat full time is such an amazing experience, and I'm I'm so glad that. I did it full time for, you know, as many years as I did, but I definitely craved all the other things I love in life, like snowboarding and and horses and having a dog and all this stuff. So I've definitely been getting my fill of all that stuff I missed out on while I was traveling. Yeah. 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 Yeah, It's nice. You don't have to give it all up. It's interesting. It makes me think of a cruising couple that I, I had on the show quite a while ago. They have three children and they're in New Zealand now, and they've been based in New Zealand for a while after sailing from here, and it's cool. given the, the kids time to get into all kinds of activities, one of which being horseback riding. Oh, so cool. Yeah. You know, it's funny because I think it confuses people that I have a horse and also, like, live on a boat and <laughs> <laughs> all this stuff, but to me, I think that I like them for a lot of the same reasons. Like, if you think about, historically speaking, what shaped the world, uh-huh. sailboats and horses like before all this other technology like w- if you look at like movement of people and all this stuff like those two things impacted if you take either of those two things out of the equation the world would be a completely different place um and both of them are like so just they're they're so natural like when you yeah. are with horses you're like interacting with the natural world in such a cool way and when you're sailing you're interacting with the world in such such a cool way so that's why i enjoy both of them so much so i think there's actually that's a lot of layover yeah i never thought about that i actually never thought about that either i've never heard you say that before but that makes perfect sense too like way before railroad way before anything else it yeah was like horses and ships they're both a little anachronistic when you think about it like they're they're from an earlier era but we gravitate towards them because they are kind of real yeah in a way, right yeah they're visceral and, and connect you to the real world definitely and they're both they were both tools like both of them like i said help shape the world and and were used as tools Mm -hmm. and now because technology has come so far they've kind of become like reverted to being or or turned morphed into being more of like an art i would imagine like sailing i think it's like an art form like if you're a good sailor it doesn't mean you're like the strongest person or this or that like you have some kind of timing feel balance and it's the same seamanship or, or i don't know what it would be horsemanship. called horsemanship <laughs> yeah and there must be skills that you need to learn like like knots and 
whipping and other things for, for horses. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. A lot of it's mental. Like, horses are living creatures. I was talking, you know, I have a lot of friends who Well, so are bike. boats. They are. <laughs> they, yeah. I, I do agree with that. Yeah. Um, but I was talking to my mountain biking friends the other day. I'm like, imagine if your bike was yeah, alive and friends. you had to, like, convince it. You had to, like, persuade it to do what you wanted. And, like, you know have this relationship with it like horses are just big mirrors maybe that's, that's why we think about boats as alive because you do have to persuade them to do things right yeah. you have to kind of like tweak them just right yeah get them to and respond yeah and they all have their different personalities huh. all right well i think we've pushed this analogy just about as far as we can <laughs> <laughs> whoa man <laughs> this is awesome what haven't we talked about um that you guys want to touch on anything about lentica that we haven't mentioned or um can you hand me that that bottle of monkly shoulder behind you that'll help you yeah yeah we'll we'll dab that that always freshens up the um memory yeah i mean just about offshore sailing and balance just going back on that i think it's something that a lot of people strive for and and i maybe you never actually can find like true balance but you're always trying to work yourself towards it yeah and um i don't know it's a, it's a tough tough thing to get to and even with people starting out that's why we advise people always of like starting small don't just go out and sell everything right away and on a whim and go buy a boat because it's not there's never that cheeseburger in paradise is that what you said yeah <laughs> there is no cheeseburger in paradise i had one one buddy who went sailing and went down to the caribbean and Jimmy Buffett had it wrong. There's no cheeseburger in paradise. He didn't. I've I've had that cheeseburger in paradise. It does exist. <laughs> it does exist. But it's so it's hard to get to. It's elusive. <laughs> it is. Yeah. yeah. It's hard to find. And, and they're along with the cheeseburger, there are a lot of shit sandwiches that you have to eat along the way. <laughs> Definitely, a lot of shit sandwiches. A lot of hard work. Yeah. Uh, which which makes it that much better. Right. But starting small is always great. Starting with a trailer sailor and and starting. Yeah, but with with a boat that you can go to on the weekends or something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. We could talk a little bit about <clears throat> our newest addition to Cruisers Academy, person-wise, not a boat. We have enough boats for a while. Yeah. But did we talk with you about this last no, time, Sean, uh -uh. our South African? Awesome. No. Uh. -uh. Our South oh, yeah. African. He's awesome. We he actually sailed with us on Delos um, when Brady and I took the boat for a season and did a North Atlantic lap. He sailed with us from um, Florida to the Azores. Okay. He wasn't in Svalbard with you guys. He Andy was not. Different South African. Okay. Carol is okay. who you're thinking yeah. of. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, we got along with him super well and pretty much became family after that trip. So he's actually going to start working with us this year. Um, nice. Amazing sailor, surfer, uh, builder. He just, like, makes things with his hands. And um, cool. yeah. Wasn't Dallas in South Africa when you met it for the first That's time? That's where I got on, yeah. 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 We didn't meet him there. We actually okay. met him in the Caribbean, but you are right. Okay. Yeah. See, I do follow some of your yeah. podcasts. So he's what's he going to be doing? Um, he's going to be helping us run Lentica. Um, so he's going to cool. be teaching um, some trips around here, maybe some offshore stuff. And then he his background is more of like engineer. So might start developing some like, you know, um, diesel mechanics or rigging or maybe go That's to great. other people's yeah. boats. People will love that. Yeah. yeah. You know, I think a lot of people in the Bay have boats that maybe they're a little bit 
nervous of in a way uh-huh. like is my rigging okay or like yeah. what's up with this system anything like that so he can go around and help people with that kind of stuff too so in relation to the balance thing having yeah. having someone else that we can kind of trade stuff off with um, is going to be super helpful i think going back to the um, people getting into it from scratch yeah I know personally, I didn't realize how much time I was going to spend. I didn't realize I was going to become a diesel mechanic when I bought a sailboat. Oh, yeah. You're an electrician, a plumber, a diesel mechanic, So giving people all the whole rounded skill, if they truly want to go cruising, that's so key. Yeah. Yeah, and and having somebody else on board with, with, I don't know, having three people to bounce stuff off of is – is really important and we all have our own strengths when it comes to the cruisers academy and like what's being offered and um sean just has such an incredible background in engineering and and different um ideas of sailing and and a mindset compared to what blue and i have of of living on a boat and cruising and uh so yeah it's really cool to explore the options of doing private stuff right like there's a lot of people out there that have boats um that need help on their own boat like right Right, because there's a lot of people that buy boats and they're like, "Oh shit, I just bought a boat. Now I need to learn how to sail." <laughs> like, well, <laughs> and then, um, yeah, you're helping them do deliveries, taking them different places, yeah. or just getting them out on the bay. Yeah, yeah. And part of it is building up the culture of Cruises Academy. We're not just uh, providing delivery skippers or or a charter. You know, it's 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 a very specific thing. When when Cruises Academy teaches you how to sail, it's going to be way different than anything else you learn. Right? There's a culture behind it. Is part of it allowing you guys to focus on Tahoe a little bit while he's here? Or are you guys going to try and bop back and forth? Uh, that's a good question. We'll bop. We'll bop. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know you're still figuring it all out. It's all new. So yeah. we're not going to hold you to anything here. Yeah, but, yeah. No, well, um, I mean, we definitely want to be on the boat, too. So yeah. we're just trying to figure out yeah. the back and forth. But, um, yeah, for us, we, you know, to have someone that, uh, that we know is – super knowledgeable but also just fun to hang out with yeah. like that's i think that's what, probably the yeah. most important thing right yeah, yeah i mean we're you jive with and yeah, yeah we've heard you know earlier you asked what it's like to have an online community and and really for us it's allowed us to not become an asa school mm-hmm. which i think is pretty pretty rare i guess for sailing schools because yeah. you know that's how they're going to get their customers and yeah. um we've been lucky enough to have people just kind of believe that we have enough street cred i like to call it um that we can teach them you know in our own way yeah but also doing it in a different way like when you're when you're coming on board and staying with us for you know two or three nights that you're actually having a good time too like you know drinking a little rum maybe losing all your money in poker to the captain (laughs) we never know things can go many different ways no, that is so much of it is the the you know, the atmosphere, the personalities and yeah. I mean that's so much of cruising too, is like yeah. it's yeah, you you sail, but really it's the experience. Like you you know, you get so close with your crew members and you have these like funny moments and you share yeah. these memories and yeah, you get a little drunk together and you know, crazy things happen, like tsunamis and whatever. It's just it's something different every week, but that's that's what we're trying to show people too, like how fun it is also. Yeah. Not institutionalized. Yeah. We actually thought that we uh, struck gold, too. Oh, this is a good story. <laughs> oh, yeah. Our Let first us ever Cruises Academy intro to cruising course on the bay. We went around and, and um, anchored to Angel Island, and after a beautiful day of sailing, and we hiked over to Talk one of the beaches. Talk about beautiful anchorages. Yeah. Oh, man. 
um, yeah, incredible anchorages, really good. And in any condition, what I found, just a little side note, the, the bay is some of the best cruising ground I've seen as far as like variety of anchorages and protection in any conditions. It and gets get a bad rap for not having anchorages, but if if if, if you really if you can take it if you're brave enough to take advantage of it and get out there and do it, I don't I I still don't understand that. Like yeah. I've had so many people tell me that like there's not good anchorages or there's no place to anchor, and I get um, in the summer you have very strong winds, in the winter you get big southerlies, and still just from what I've seen and experienced, there's always a place to hide. Yeah, if you're smart about it, I think yeah. there is. Yeah. Anyway, back so to anyways, the goal. Yeah, so we're here at Angel Island, and we're anchored. Great, perfect, calm anchorage. Very nice. Yeah. One of those places where people say you can't anchor. We anchored there. <laughs> and it was beautiful. <laughs> it was great. Um, we hiked over to the other side of the island, and we walked down onto the beach. And I looked down, and there was this, like, black kind of waxy blob. I saw this post on Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> and I was okay. like... Right away, my brain was like, I know what that is. That's that, it's the stuff that comes from the whale, and like, it's super, it's worth a lot of money. It's like finding gold. And there was another guy there that was like, Oh, ambergris, or ambergris, or however you pronounce it. Ambergris. I don't know, yeah. It's, it's basically um, whale, whale shit. Some people call it whale vomit, but what it is, it's uh, um, because, is it blue, sperm whales or blue whales? Sperm whales, like, their diet is all squid. And when they eat the squid, the only part of the squid that is actually hard is the beak. And it's a black beak, like a really hard beak, like a bird beak. So when it's in the whale's stomach, oftentimes the beak doesn't get digested and it sticks into the sides of um, the intestines or the stomach. So the whale creates this waxy substance that collects all of this like pieces of beak and like puts it in a ball, basically. And then they can pass it. They shit it out. Huh. Or sometimes, I guess, they vomited it out. And if it gets big enough, it can actually, like, get stuck in the whale's intestines and rupture. And for some reason, because humans are fucking weird, they decided to make perfume out of this stuff. Huh. Yeah. So it's super valuable. It's <laughs> worth... It's whale ship perfume. Get it right here. Hold on. <laughs> they No, they don't make... It's not like whale shit scent perfume. No, 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 it's no, no, used no, no, no. in the perfume because it binds scent to human skin right. really well. Yeah. Just right, just cool. to clarify that. It, it's it's okay. a better story. It's whale, it's, it's whale shit scent. <laughs> yeah, that may have been misleading. It's a key ingredient in the production of high-quality perfumes. Got it. Because it, it makes scent last longer on human skin. It doesn't just like evaporate right away for Got some it. reason. Very, very rare. And it's bizarre that this is still in demand today. Like, they haven't found a way to, like, make some yeah, chemical. Yeah, they've done it synthetic, and but it's like anything. It's like the natural one it's is the best, yeah, right? right? So, like, yeah. people that, yeah, you can make it synthetically, but it's not as high of a demand. I'm impressed that you knew about this. I don't know how. I mean, just by sailing around, um, I've heard about it, and I've mm -hmm. heard of other people finding it. Okay. And, and then when I saw it, I was like, ooh, that could be that, and, like, touched it, and it felt waxy and soft, and it was black and all this stuff. And then right away, everyone is that that course, we had four engineers on board um, and they were all like one of them had just sold his biomedical company that was making um, robots that do surgery on people. So way smarter than me. <laughs> <laughs> everybody was 100 percent convinced, like everybody was doing research. The course went from learning how to cruise to like, is this <laughs> whale shit? <laughs> is this also, I love it. <laughs> also, if it was the amount that we found would have been worth like 
by our calculations, like half a million dollars. A lot of Bitcoin. Yeah, <laughs> we, that's the thing. <laughs> After we released the last video, it said, we bought a boat with Bitcoin. We're like, we're going to release another video that says, we bought a boat with whale shit. <laughs> <laughs> so we got super convinced that this is it. Yeah. Bring it back to the boat. We're looking up online, doing all, all these different tests. Everyone's well, we very, very into it. it we did sneakily have to bring it back to the boat because... You're technically not allowed to collect it, oh, okay. which we didn't know till after the fact. Anyways, there was a lot going on on this right. trip. Okay. <laughs> the whole trip kind of spiraled into figuring out if we had this. What an adventure. Oh, yeah. That was so good. Yeah. It was, we were, like, burning it to see if it was, like, the right, like, if it was smoking a certain color and, the like, smell. doing all this different stuff to it. And we were convinced that, that this was it. So the guy that Brady mentioned has his own, like, laboratory, basically. So he okay. took a little sample and was going to let us know if it was the real deal or not. We just bought a boat. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, yeah, he... A 75? We bought it. We bought a boat with whale shit. Um, yeah, everyone... Have you ever had that feeling like you won the lottery? Mm-hmm. You Actually, got... uh, uh, yeah. Not the lottery. Finding something that wasn't supposed to be there that would have been like an amazing discovery. Ooh, I want to hear Not this. worth money, but... but I want to hear that in yeah. a second, but I've never had that feeling before. And that night when I was trying to go to sleep, we'd all done the research. Everyone was like 98, seriously 98% sure that we had found something worth, you know, six, $700,000. So then the conversation goes to how do you sell it? How do you not get killed? Like, how do you, how do, is, is this legal? All these other things. And they're like, yeah, the whole other world of it. But laying there, I had this feeling of like crazy excitement of, we just won the lottery and like this dread and stress of what the fuck do we do now? So it was a really weird, weird kind of feeling I've never had before. Uh, the next morning we woke up and blue took Sharky to the beach and found a big piece of wax on the beach, uh -huh. <laughs> which was, she brought it back and it looked very similar. It was just lighter. And um, that was when my percentage dropped to like maybe 50, 50. Cause it was like, Come on now, this, there's no way two you can find two of them on the on the same island. But we still had high hopes, and the 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 guy, yeah, he you were it. either doubly rich, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it it also looked different, so it could have been two different things too. Yeah, is what we what we were oh, thinking okay. as well, because it was still waxy, but it was clear and white. Versus this one was like every picture we saw online of ambergris, it looked like it. So he took a piece of it to his lab, mm -hmm. um, and it turned out to be paraffin wax which is a byproduct of oil refineries. Oh, thank you, Richmond <laughs> Chevron Oil Refinery. Is there one in Richmond? Yeah. Oh, well, that's probably where it came from. Yeah. There's literally an oil refinery There's an oil there. refinery over there, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so probably floated across the bay. Well, you can yeah. make some candles. Yeah, we ended up throwing it away. Yeah. So we just take it as like a really good recycling beach cleanup. You know, there's somebody else anchored at Angel Island right now, finding it and <laughs> going through the whole thing yeah, again. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, it was it was a weird, amazing experience of like a uh, depth into my head of, whoa, that's what my brain would do if we won the lottery, and like that's where your brain goes and it's you're not thinking all good. about. It wasn't all good. Yeah. It was uh, it was stressful and like, I don't know. It's hard to explain how it felt. It was good. Yeah. But it was also like, oh shit. What do we do? Awesome. Yeah. What did you find? Oh, my story is not nearly as exciting, but we were talking about the Galapagos before. <clears throat> I was a teenager. We were in the Galapagos, and um, we were with a naturalist, as you have to be. 
and we were on an island that was supposedly devoid of tortoises because all the tortoises had died on that island. And we were hiking, and lo and behold, there was a single tortoise there. And so we got the naturalist got really excited. We ran back to the boat. We found anything we could find, like measure it. We took all these measurements and photographs of it, and called it in. And the research station, Darwin station, was like, "No, there's no no uh, tortoises there. We thought we had discovered a new species. Whoa. I mean, because they can live for yeah, yeah. hundreds yeah. of years, right? Yeah, so, yeah. Um, for an evening, we thought we like had discovered a, a new tortoise, and then. News came back, I guess, the next day that, yeah, the research station had just relocated a tortoise to that island. Oh. So <laughs> I didn't know about it. <clears throat> but we thought, I, you know, I had dreams of my biology career starting by discovering a new species. Yeah. So that was pretty cool. It was not money. It wasn't the same kind of, like, dread of, like, oh, my gosh, how is this going to change things? But, uh, yeah. Yeah, okay. the wild tortoises there are pretty cool. Yeah. So you guys, I, I think we need to, to end here. We're almost at an hour, but one of your recent adventures was the Galapagos. Mm-hmm. And you went on a diving excursion there and are working on some footage right now. Is that right? We are. Yep. It's uh, it's underway. I think it'll be about seven episodes and we Ooh. have like oh, two nice. or three done. So what channel will those be on? On Cruisers Academy. On Cruisers yeah. Academy. So we did okay. start our own YouTube channel. There's not cool. a ton on it, but there's more more coming in the nice, in the pipeline. Nice. Yeah. So Cruisers Academy on YouTube, and if people want to sign up to go cruising with you or mm-hmm. go sailing with you, is that the same place or? Uh, CruisersAcademy.com. Okay, CruisersAcademy.com. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Yeah. yeah that's it. This Thank you. Great. It's good to do this in person. Yeah. Last time we had to do it over Zoom. This yeah. is great. Yeah. Thank you. (laughs) That's it for this week's show. Since I talked with Brady and Blue, those videos of theirs that we were just talking about from the Galapagos have gone up on their YouTube channel, Cruisers Academy. And the footage that they got is simply stunning. So go, go take a look. As always, I'm Ben Shaw, host and producer of the show. Thanks again for listening. I really appreciate reviews of the podcast on Apple Podcasts. And if you want to get in touch with me, I always love hearing from listeners. Drop me a line at outthegatesailing at gmail.com. Until next time, smooth sailing. And if I had a boat, I'd go out on the ocean. If I had a pony, I'd ride him on my boat And we could all together go out on the ocean Set me up on my pony on my boat Now the mystery masked man was smarty He got himself a Tonto Cause Tonto did the dirty work for free But Tonto, he was smarter Said Kimasabi, kiss my ass, I bought a boat, I'm going out to sea. And if I had a boat, I'd go out on the ocean. And if I had a pony, I'd ride him on my boat. And we could all together go out on the ocean, sitting me up on my pony on my boat.
my world like lightning I wouldn't need no sneakers Well, I'd come and go whenever I would please And I'd scare them by the shade tree And scare them by the light pole But I would not scare my pony on my boat out on the sea And if I had a boat, I'd go out on the ocean And if I had a pony, I'd ride my boat, and we could all together go out on the ocean, setting me up on my pony. 